0: The following podcast contains spoilers and some fucking great films. We watch a thing. We watch a thing. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing for our biggest episode of the year. And because it's our biggest episode, of course it's not just Dave and I. We had to get a very big guest on. It's our great mate. He joined us last year for the same topic. Sean Carney from Sans Pants Radio from the Scaredy Boys podcast. How you doing, mate?
1: Very well. Thank you, boys. Thanks for having me back. It's no very worries. exciting. Thank you for Gotta coming God, I love back. cinema. I love top oh,
0: fives. Let's go. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm so excited for this, and I can't wait to see if we have any crossover. So, Carney, you were just saying off-air that you've changed your list already in the last week, and two ones that yep. you've just seen have snuck in.
1: Yeah, well, I-, I spent the last part of the year overseas, so I missed a lot of stuff, and I've been sort of frantically trying to catch up. And, yeah, within the last week, I've seen three things that have kicked other things out of the yeah, top five. Right. So, wow. Yeah,
0: Wow. Big changes. Yeah. I mean, it's cr- just being in the Southern Hemisphere, I feel like for a long time we were back to getting movies the same time as everyone else, and now we're getting them behind again, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, there so, were a few. Yeah. Did you guys
1: manage to sort of see everything you think you wanted to see for top five purposes? Because I, I didn't. There's a few that I've missed.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some that I've missed. What about you, Dave? I think...
2: Yeah, I think I, I've seen everything that potentially would be a front runner, I think. Yep. So so you guys might throw something out and I go, Oh fuck, didn't like that. But um, <laughs> off the top of my head, nah, I've, i think I've, I've caught everything.
0: Yeah. What were you most keen to get to, Sean, that you missed?
1: Uh, so the I I desperately wanted to see Godzilla. Um, oh, oh shit! Okay. All right, there. There's
2: there, there's one that I haven't seen. Yeah, I just couldn't make it work. I even tried
1: to watch it while I was in Germany, but trying to find um, <laughs> yeah. one with the correct subtitles was a fucking nightmare. Um, it's
2: just, I mean, Billy's fine because every cinema's within about a hundred meters of his house, <laughs> but I'm in Sydney, which is a fair bit bigger, and the closest cinema that I could find showing Godzilla was over an hour away um and then you know pay for parking in the city and blah 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 and yeah I just- it's worth
0: it dave it's worth it i don't want to <laughs> yeah,
1: spoil my know. list but <laughs> <laughs> there's a chance i go from this recording to the cinema tonight to see I would highly recommend <laughs> so I- it. I- and i could instantly be like fuck my top five screwed <laughs> <laughs> well
0: before we change our list again let's get straight into it with our top five of 2023 uh carney as our guest why don't you kick us off with your number five
1: this is a fresh inclusion um it's still sort of kicking around in my head but i i loved it enough to very firmly think it was in there and it's the nicholas cage film dream scenario
0: oh my god that's my number five as well mate. all right here we go <laughs> yeah, um
1: yeah yeah far out it was it, it blew my head off to be honest and I, it was one of those movies where you watch quite a bit of it, and um, my sort of analytical brains ticking things over and being like, mm, "Do I do I love this?" Because a good friend of mine gave it five stars, and I'm always sort of I've got him in the back of my head going, "What a fucking idiot! What's he doing here?" But I think he was I think it was close to correct. I would give this one a pretty strong four and a half. Yep. Nick Cage has a filmography that has some absolute. Classics on it, and then he had that period where I assume he's probably paying like an ex-wife some alimony <laughs> yeah. or something. He was very and, broke for a, about a decade. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think he had tax issues because he was yeah. buying castles yeah. and reptile and T
0: Rex skulls he, he, and stuff. Yeah,
2: he, he was almost declaring bankruptcy, which and everyone was just like, "How is that possible?" Yeah,
0: I know he yeah. was one of the yeah. few people in the world that had a first edition of uh, issue one of Superman. Like, he was yes. he was just buying everything. <laughs> I, I think that's long gone for him
1: now, but I, I think it was around 2010, there was a movie, I think, The Sorcerer's Apprentice was, like, his last sort you know, of cinema, J. like, Marical. big cinema release. Yeah. And then after that, he just... That. Yeah, it's a not a bad film. And then after that, he was sort of just doing um, some kind of shitty sci-fis and stuff. There was one, I think, called Knowing, and there was a few yeah. that he filmed in Australia, and he just had that sort of weird period. But the weird choices that he makes in the art house sort of realm, the, the like the smaller films, he's got mm. pretty good taste. I reckon like some of his like, do you, you guys saw pig? I think it was I last year, maybe pig, the year before. Yeah. Mandy um,
2: Colorado space. Yes. He's, and he's, been done, but he's also. I don't know if you saw *Prisoners of the Ghostland*. <laughs> no, I he's didn't. After Dunson. what I heard about it, a- and um, jujitsu—that was the other. If I could oh, have given yeah, zero out of five, is the other bad. One.
1: Wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but but dream scenario is just such a cool premise. Just this, this yeah. idea that suddenly everyone just starts having dreams that have this man in it. And at first, you know, he's a ve- he's playing a very. He's playing a very boring man who's never really achieved anything of note in his life. He's desperate to sort of have some sort of acclaim for his academic field. He seems to be moderately happy with his wife and his family, but he's just one of those boring guys. And suddenly this is the the only interesting thing that's ever happened in his life. And he sort of, he loves it. He thinks this is fantastic. And then of course, people's dreams start to take a very dark and sinister turn and he's public enemy number one. And I just love the way you see him go through that. You see he's how it affects his whole family how it sort of leads to this point where uh, i love the the um the sort of cultural commentary that it's the social commentary that it's having yeah. where like you know he's starting to get offers to suddenly appear on Tucker Carlson and yeah. and, and, <laughs> and Joe Rogan and stuff like that and he's just fighting against it a, a, a very clever fantastic movie yeah. with awesome
0: performances agreed dave and i spoke about this one on the show last week and dave didn't like it anywhere near as much i think you were a 5 no. out of 10 weren't you dave
2: i which I'm feeling meaner and meaner <laughs> the more Carly talk about it. I, look, I thought the premise was amazing. I thought the performances were all fantastic. I just, the whole time I was watching it, I, I, I couldn't shake myself out of the mindset of, I wish Charlie Kaufman had written and directed this because it would have been mm. just that little bit tighter, that little bit better. I, I, I felt. <sighs> Christopher Borgley's inexperience came through a little bit, and the and the it was the pacing was just a little bit off, and the sort of ending was a little bit uneven for me. But yeah, Cage was fantastic. I love Julianne Nicholson. I thought the I mean the premise is fascinating, yeah. so I have definitely enjoyed watching it, and it's, I would rec- recommend that everyone checks it out yeah. for that
1: reason
0: alone. I, I think it's fascinating. It takes, but...
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting because in it's just the way the the award season sweeps things up with momentum. Because in in another year. You could have a scenario where this is a kind of smoky or a front runner for, yeah. for bigger stuff, and then you would have like Nick Cage would be a lock. And uh, was it Juliet Nicholson? Is it playing Ju- Juliet wife? Nicholson? Juliet yeah. Nicholson. She's fantastic. She's in a great, great film I love called Togo. Um, she's a great actress. She should yeah. be like in the mix for supporting actress and stuff yeah. like this. But but I think it'll be largely snubbed. It might get a. Is it up for like original screenplay or anything like that?
0: no it's not yeah, it's no, one of those no, weird things too where like especially with its premise i would have expected this film to be much more widely seen just for mm. but i feel like i've spoken to so few people who have even seen it and yet you say the that weird premise, thing with nicholas cage popping up yeah. people's people's dreams how are people not rushing out to see this movie just based on that but yeah, i think I the know, so weird thing more as well than i thought it would be
2: well with the, with the sort of cage or whatever you want to call it where he's suddenly sort of back in vogue since things like mandy and pig and that sort of thing he's still putting out like three four films a year so i think uh, for a lot of people they're they're all kind of blurring together there's there's always a nick cage film or two somewhere none of them have much marketing behind them at all and unless there's something where the media latch onto it like they did with unbearable weight of massive talent because it, mm. it, it was such a weird premise yeah they it's it's kind of it's all word of mouth I did, the only reason I knew about this was because I had a couple of people tell me about it I can't, I can't keep track of these Nicholas Cage films
1: <laughs> yeah see I haven't even heard of that one like, No, so and, and with and with Dream Scenario bother. it was because my friend had watched it I saw it pop mm. up on Letterboxd and I was like oh damn is that out and he goes yeah, yeah watch it and I'm like alright I'll check it out cool cool yeah. I just remember Nick Cage did Renfield this year as well
0: yes, oh boy yeah. oh yeah. Well, <laughs> no I, I wouldn't have made my five but I, no, I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you Carney I, I loved Dream Scenario as well and I can't believe that we're on our first film mentioned and <laughs> already have a crossover so why don't you give us your number five Dave let's hope it's something that's not
2: either of our lists it probably won't be um my number five is 100 the best action movie i saw last year um and without sort of going through and doing the research i'm fairly confident in saying it's probably in my top five action movies of the last decade um and it's Extraction Two. Oh yes, <laughs> probably not the film uh, you, you thought I was about to say.
1: I will tell um, you, Dave, I lacked the courage oh to put this in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, it's a good movie. It's I'm in my top. It'll be
2: in my to top say, ten. This so is good. better than all four John Wicks put together, as far as an action movie goes. <laughs> yeah. It is.
0: You've angered a lot well, of people. You still there. haven't. I, I haven't seen Paul either Prezure. Extraction. I don't care.
2: Um, you, you still haven't seen either of these, have you, no, Billy? No,
0: I haven't seen either.
2: <laughs> the first one I thought had ju- just the sort of action set pieces, the sort of running and gunning. I thought that was kind of on a par with a John Wick, but the story was a bit lackluster and it had an ending that shat me to tears. Agreed. But the sequel retcons that ending or f- or maybe it was always intended to fix it, removes all the annoyances I had and explains it and is the best directed, best choreographed action you will ever see it's phenomenal absolutely non-stop from start to finish it's on it's it's up there with things like mission impossible fallout and as as far as just the action right, and it's 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 actually it. moving it's do, it's oh, 100% you do, you will enjoy it do
0: do i need to watch the first one as well probably I not i'd
2: recommend it because it's 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 still a good action film but it, it is it, is it chris this, hemsworth this, yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. hemsworth um this follows literally from the moment the first one ends, and and it does sort of refer back, so it's probably worth it. And then it's not the first one's not long, so okay, all right. And the first the first one in.
1: has awesome action scenes as well. Like the the second yep. one levels up. There's like a oh, twenty twenty five minute sequence, which is the, the, f- what, the uh, fucking I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> the <laughs> one on the train is just the best filmed
2: action set yeah. piece I have wow. ever seen. It's I couldn't incredible. believe
1: it. And when I finished watching it, I was messaging my mates, and I was like it blew my fucking dick off it's so good and it's and like they, still, they still they minute... still didn't watch it people need to watch it it's so good yeah it's like a
2: 20 minute one that that starts off a train goes onto a train goes out of the train goes fucking up in the air comes down goes on a car goes on a cha- and and it's it is and it's not like a 1917
0: clever yeah, cuts yeah,
2: yeah. There, may, there might be a few but by and large it's an actual oneer, and it yep. will blow your mind
0: okay yeah I promise you guys I'll watch it. I'll watch it and I'll I'll review it on Letterboxd this week. I'll even write a review, which I have not done in (laughs) in, in, yonks. I'm so lazy with that. All right. Carney, let's hear your number four then.
1: Number four. This, for a lot of the year, sat much higher for me, but it's just sort of probably faded because I watched it so long ago. I've gone Oppenheimer.
0: Okay, interesting. Not on my list. In fact, I'm going to be dead serious. I've got a list of 16 films in total, including honorable mentions. It's not even in my top 16 for the year.
1: Yeah, okay. It's funny because I whittled mine down, all the ones I watched this year, and it was I had about 17 that I was happy with being in, in the discussion for top 10. But yeah, yeah. Um, Oppenheimer has remained, and I think I had moments today thinking about the top five where I thought, I just think Oppenheimer's slipped out. I think I saw yeah, it too yeah. long ago. There's a lot of other things with recency bias and it's yep. maybe slipped out, but it, for me, it's the power of the ending. Like yep. the the very final moments, which tie in so beautifully, well, well, with the theme of the whole film, but even just with the first shot of the film. Um, I, I just go back to that. And I think it's the, the fact that he made a three-hour movie about a bunch of dudes sitting around talking about science and made <laughs> it sort of propulsive and and fascinating. And yeah. I think, Billy, I might've mentioned Cloud Atlas Last you, year when you we did, yes, yeah. yeah. So Cloud Atlas is a three-hour epic that I never feel the runtime of because the nah. the editing and the storytelling is so propulsive that you just move through it. Oppenheimer, I, I got a similar vibe from it. I yeah. didn't feel the drag at all. I felt it's just incredible performance after incredible performance, and yeah, true. It's a it is a masterpiece, and I'm okay with it being in my top five. And I think it is fourth, yeah. I'm yeah, no, that,
0: that. that's completely fair. I, I'm going to surprise people here because like I said, it's not in my top 16, but I said in our review and I stand by it that it is my favorite Nolan film. I think that it is really, really well made. Um, mm. I think much like Nolan tends to do, for me, it's missing a bit of the emotion that I'd like. And some of that is made up for, you know, you mentioned the ending. The ending is very powerful and there are moments of the film that have a lot of emotional power, but I think... I felt a little bit flat throughout the whole think, thing.
2: But I think we, I I do agree, as you know, Billy. But I, I I think with Oppenheimer, that's partly because you're dealing with two sort of lead male performances who are both kind of unemotional. I, I mean, RDJ's character has emotion, but it's all anger and it's all in one direction. Well, for so Oppen- much of the o- film, he's Oppenheimer it is because he's in court. And, and Oppenheimer <laughs> is a button-down unemotional, you know, so it's it's almost it would be inappropriate yeah. to have too much, whereas something like Tenet, I think it's a failing of the film that it's kind of heartless and wooden, yeah. whereas mm. um, Oppenheimer, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's a gorgeous film. The performance I, I I really is phenomenal. I didn't feel the runtime. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's not in my ten, but 100%... I, as as I said to Billy, when I'm both, 20, this year, last year, and 2013, I've got like two or three, four and a half star films, and then I had about sixteen four star films that I'm sort of juggling around, going, which ones do I kind of like more because they're all <laughs> they're all great films, and, and Oppenheimer yeah. was one of those.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that it's your Billy, it's your favorite Nolan. But do you consider yourself a Nolan fan, or is or is it sort Not of are overly.
2: you on the fringe? The internet I, says he isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: I I I like uh, more early Nolan stuff than more recent. Sure. Um, but you know, I just even like with the Dark Knight trilogy, my favorite of those is Batman Begins, which no one else it's in great. the world agrees with me on. <laughs> it's
1: it's close to my favorite. I just think Dark Knight's probably better. But but yeah. I'm in terms of Nolan, I love the Prestige. That's probably I mean, my favorite. Me too. Yeah. That's but my yeah, favorite, he he probably- struggles. in the heart department he really does interstellar was the for nolan is it like overboard of heart but for that's why he was mocked
2: at the time because all the nolan fans out there were going oh this is schmaltzy crap no 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 he's just finally got some heart in (laughs) a film and you're all acting (laughs) like the wheels of
0: is easily my second favorite i think i really loved Mm. interstellar and i came to that really Mm. late i only saw that for the first time maybe two years ago and that actually blew me away because i didn't expect it from nolan at all I think
1: Interstellar's fantastic. It just does something at the end that frustrates the shit out of me. <laughs> and it's it's the fact that he's, at the start of the film, made, he's made the promise to his darling little daughter, I will come back. And he... D- in essence, he does, but he's coming back to Alan Burst and playing that character. Yeah, and for me, it's not the same. I don't have any emotional connection. And does,
2: doesn't he then fuck off to go
1: find Anne Hathaway? Yeah, then he leaves. She basically, <laughs> she basically says to him, "I've got these twenty people around the bed here who are my actual family who have been around yeah. forever. You can leave, and I'll all, be the, dying all that Nolan soon, but needed to do for that, you don't have yeah, to see yeah. me out. All that Nolan needed to do to make me give that movie five stars is when McConaughey's leaving the room and the emotional music's playing and he's looking at his grandma age daughter have the young actress in the hospital bed see her her again yeah Yeah, that's
0: yeah that's a great yeah
1: but yeah Oppenheimer's good good film (laughs) two films
2: we've discussed in the last three weeks where Ellen Burstyn's appearance made the film about 50% worse
0: (laughs) I think just before we move on from Oppenheimer I just want to say I think part of it as well because of my profession it's very hard for me to separate Oh, the yeah, film itself from all uh, of the shit that happened around it in terms of visual effects artists Nolan claiming that there's no visual effects in the film and that kind of becoming a story and people buying it and you know the over 200 artists that just weren't even credited in the film it kind of it's it, that kind of stuff soured it for me a little bit so i recognize that it's a fantastic film but that probably is what's stopping me from enjoying it To the same level where, to be honest, I I, know it belongs.
1: (laughs) I didn't know about the artists not being credited. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you can actually go to the DNEG webpage and they've got the full list of artists there. But in the actual credits of the film, there's only 18 artists credited. That is um, wild. I'm is disgusted wild. by that. Look, I'm going mean, to knock it
1: out of my top five. <laughs> extraction two is my number four. <laughs> Look,
0: and, and that's that's not just a Nolan problem. That's industry-wide. Every, every artist yeah. knows that when you work on a film, there's just a chance that you might be one of the few who doesn't get a credit. And that just kind of happens. But it was more the fact that you're leaving out. This wasn't like five or six missed. This was hundreds. And yeah, and, yeah what did he column. have?
2: He had like twenty five visual effects artists credited yeah. in on in toto on the film. Yeah. Which yeah. is just Yeah. Even a lay person like myself knows that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah.
0: But look, loved I did love the film and it was great, but that's probably my kind of justification for why it's not as high as it is. But on to my number four, which I'm sure is going to be a crossover with at least one of your boys, Saltburn. Not on cool. your list, Carnie, but it is on nah. yours, Dave. Okay, all right. I have you seen it, Carnie? Yep, you did. I have okay. I have. Yep. I'd love to hear your opinion on it then. So, is it, um, did yeah. you like have it? Have you or had did a you bath not since? Not even like it.
1: <laughs> I haven't had a bath. I keep looking at my bath and being like, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. Yeah. Um, Never using that again. <laughs> going into it, a good friend of mine had raged against it, hated it. And I thought, I'm going to watch it. I want to see what he's on about. And I messaged him half an hour and I went, I've got to say, mate, I'm fucking loving this. I'm yeah. really enjoying it. For about half of it, I really loved it. And then to be honest, I think it loses all ambiguity about what Barry Keegan sort of is up to. Yeah. And if it had sort of been a bit more ambiguous about what was happening to these people and if he if he was pulling the strings or if he wasn't, that that's where it sort of fell apart for me. And it just got, for me, a little bit messy in the back half. Yeah, I still think it's a it's a good film. I think she's done a great job making it. I just don't know if I loved what it was saying in the end.
0: That's 100% fair. I yep. think the thing for me is that, yeah, if you view it as a thriller film or a mystery film or a whodunit film, you're not going to enjoy it because you're right. By halfway through, there is no mystery. There is no
2: whodunit. Oh, maybe I'm just a bit slow. For me,
0: <laughs> the, the, the level to which
2: Barry was the calculating architect kept being ta- uh, The ante kept being up so th- from about 10, 20 minutes in, I was like, "Either oh, something's off about this guy. He's not just the quiet guy, hmm. but you know, at first I thought, oh no, he's just um, a little bit conniving. He wants to get in with him. So he's playing up his, you know, poor me status. And then I thought, oh no, he's, it's more calculating than that. He, he is deliberately orchestrating stuff. It's a little bit Mr. Talented, Mr. Ripley and then you think oh no did did he actually do that and and do that and then and then i was like okay you know what i reckon he might have actually killed that person (laughs) but but even even going through all of that and sort of realizing you know what you realize about his parents the final moments still came out of left field like a bucket of water see the
0: the parents were the last surprise for me by the time people started dying there was no question to me whether like what had happened to them um, but, but
2: so, so you weren't surprised when you flashback and you realize that even pretending to have no money that was
0: fake that did surprise me but it also felt a little unnecessary by that point i have to say um
1: i think by that point you've met his parents though so you've seen that his whole yeah, sort of facade is a lie he's got this he's got this nice family and i think when it got to the end and it sort of pulled the rug and was like here's the here's the cool twist i was like what do you mean twist yeah. If I can seen this guy for the last hour I'd just be an absolute little freak like of course I'm, I wasn't I wasn't surprised I
2: think I think the thing that still spun me out at the end is that yes I knew that he was the uh, the the person who had done all these horrendous things in some way shape or form he was behind everything but realizing at the end that the whole thing was this pre-calculated you know before the film started he already had the end goal of you know, wiping out this entire family that I did not see coming yeah. at all, but still was surprised by the end, which I, 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 that well, did impress me.
0: Yeah. To, to go to why this is my number four. I think that that's actually it. Exactly. The truth is that even though I wasn't surprised by any of that, I didn't care. I did, like, I didn't care because that's not what I was there for. I wasn't there to be kind of in the zone of a mystery. And I just think Emerald Fennell is such a phenomenal filmmaker. I don't think Saltburn is as good as promising young woman, which I, truly adored, but I yep. think that the cinematography and the look and the tone and atmosphere of the film so funny. It's it's so hysterical. Her dialogue is pitch perfect. Rosamund Pike, please, best supporting actress for me. She She's was just one perfection. of my favorites. Yeah.
1: So Carrie Mulligan was great too. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> I didn't
2: even recognize her any I, I knew she was in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, so I just I I loved the film. I thought that the acting was phenomenal. I thought the look and and screenplay was fantastic. So I didn't even care that the narrative was not that surprising or out there to me. So yeah, that's my number 4. What about you, Dave?
2: Yeah, well, funnily enough, my number 4 is Spider-Man: Across the Spider-Verse.
0: Oh,
1: right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've
0: got I've got that as number 1. All right. Not on yeah. my list. It's an honourable mention for me. It's down at number nine. Jeez, you're going
2: to get some mockery if it's not even on your list because I know some of the shit that's going to be on your list. <laughs> um, no, it's just a stunning achievement. I didn't think they it, could it up, up The game from the first one, which I thought was genuinely the greatest animation I've ever seen. Um, and this just takes it. The, the you've got more styles coming in. You know, Spider-Punk with this kind of ripped up serial killer type um, animation. Uh, just just absolutely fantastic um, and yeah 100% the greatest Spider-Man movie ever made
1: I agree completely the The only knock I had on it when I first saw it and then I went and watched it I think the very next day <laughs> was <laughs> I, I don't personally love when a movie just ends on like a cliffhanger and I, I love it when it's its own complete thing Yep. Yeah. and then I watched it again and I went you know what I shouldn't have this problem with it because it's it's really Gwen Stacy's movie yeah, it I is. think she's yeah. the protagonist of the story. She has the arc, and and it ends on a like satisfying note for her character. And Mm-mm. it's 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 just a five star classic. It's like to me, you said, it, it- Dave. It's the best. This this is the best animated film I think I've ever seen. It's easily the best Spider Man. Yeah. It the the way that I even love just the Gwen Stacy stuff with her dad. The emotion yeah. that it brings into it, and the yeah. color palette, and everything that just shifts and changes in it. It's such a beautiful film. It's perfect
2: it's it's yeah i i mean i've said for years and years and years that the closest experience to reading a comic that i've seen on film is uh watchman and scott pilgrim just the the way they're structured the way everything's present and um sin city sorry it literally looks like animated versions of pages on screen and the way you read a comic the way you go from panel to panel but this leaves all of them in the dirt this this is literally reading a comic in a cinema yeah, I, I agree.
1: God, yeah. it's perfect. I Who can't would- wait to watch it again. Yeah. I, I, I had the option. On, I caught a few planes while I was in Europe, and every plane had Spider Man <laughs> on there. And I was just like, I just can't do it on such a Not small screen. Little, it's a disservice yeah, to the movie. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Even is on an iPad, better than beautifully animated <laughs>
0: film. It, it is absolutely the best animated film of all time the animation is stunning it just looks so gorgeous and the blend of different mediums the the use of both 2d and 3d and how this you know moments like you were talking about the color palette in those emotional scenes with her dad when the backdrops just kind of fade away into like watercolor and it's just so stunning yeah it's it's a great film great if
2: if they can maintain or god forbid even lift for the third one, I will be so interested to see, because it's as we spoke about, Billy, it's going to get the Lord of the Rings thing where all the awards that it hasn't sort of... Yeah. People haven't wanted to give to a comic book animated film. If the third one's as good, I think it's going to be looking at some awards that normally wouldn't go to animated films, whether it's going to have a shot at something like Best Picture, because I think in terms of... Just the job of the producer, yeah, and and or the job of the director as well in putting these things together. It's just as impressive an accomplishment as any live action film, and yeah. it'll have the added sort of impetus of being, you know, the the Lord of the Rings. I'll Return be curious of the to see final. if it
0: if it does pick anything up at the Oscars because at the Globes I, I was a bit shocked that it didn't even grab Best Animated yeah, Feature.
2: The, the the Miyazaki coming out of retirement award as it should be yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's too powerful. Yeah, like yeah. honestly, this this should be up for Best Picture. It probably I, won't be. I don't. I think, but, a, but but
2: I think maybe the third one will at least get a nomination. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's I if they, yeah, if the quality is on par for the third one, it's the best trilogy ever made.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah Hard to argue. I I loved the first one as well. I thought. I mean, they're two incredible films so far. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everything everything comes together and just works and it's a Dan Pemberton who does the music because the music is stunning in it as well. It's got such a great score.
0: Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 All right, Sean, you're number 3 mate.
1: I watched this one last night and it fucked me up. <laughs> um I had to juggle last night. I was like, do I watch Godzilla or do I um do I watch this film and um I ended up watching Past Lives.
0: Ah, oh, right. Great oh. film. Honourable mention for me again. I have this at my number 13 of the year, but really beautiful film. Tell us what you loved about it.
1: I think for me, this is one of those ones that kicks along really strongly as sort of a four-star movie that has... It's it's a relatively low-stakes movie. It is. It's a very low-stakes movie, really. Yeah, and it's true. It's almost like a slice of life. It's like a Richard Linklater sort of um, Before Sunrise yeah. type thing, really. We're seeing these characters, and it seems to be every 12 years or so, they sort of have a... A bigger yep. interaction, and it's elevated so much by the ending. Yeah. I I found myself in that final scene, just being like almost over. I don't. I'm not. A, I don't really cry when I watch movies. It takes a very special movie to sort of wrench some tears out of my robotic face. But um, <laughs> I found myself welling up, and I I nearly yeah. broke down in that yeah. final scene. It was just. Yeah. It's such a beautiful movie about. Um, I don't know, just about the, these lives that we perhaps think we could yeah. have had or what yeah. would have happened if I went through that sliding door instead of this one. And yeah. and the, the three performances are so good. And I can't remember the actor's yeah. name. He plays the husband, Arthur. I think it's John or Joe, something. I can't remember. He is so fucking good. Yeah. The typical character that that he's would the, have he, been. He's
2: the hero. Of the, I, I, I found yeah. the, uh, the male lead Insipid to the point of being a stalker creeper, <laughs> um, but that husband he he is a was a fucking
1: legend.
0: You're right, because in a yes. lesser film, he would be like he's the, the villain. He's he's the, the, the attentive yeah. husband. Yeah, yep.
1: yep. And he would hate him, and he would be trying everything to get him out of the country, and yep. he would be having fights with his wife. But he's so supportive, and so uh, I, I get to the end of it, and I go, "Are they going to be okay? I don't know yeah. because." The things that he goes through, like that's a that's a performance that should be recognised with an Oscar. Like with, a, 100%. with an Academy Award nomination. And I feel like the the vibe is that he's not gonna get one, but far out. That's the best he's ever been in anything I've seen him in. He is yeah. so good. Just mm. that the this movie is elevated by sort of the silent moments. I think there's Agreed. lots yeah. of the, the longing looks that characters give each other. It's a really great debut directing performance. Like oh, I'm, I'm shocked it's by very, it. very strong. Yeah, I'd love for Christopher Nolan to win best director. I would not have a problem if Celine Song won best yes, director. definitely. I, I think I think what she did here is fucking phenomenal.
0: It's such a beautifully human story, and I love. For such a, you know, you spoke about the low stakes, and it is, and it is in some ways, it's as contained as, you know, those link letter films, you know, but because it does span such a long period of time, it does this magical thing where it feels so small and intimate and yet so epic at the same yep. time. Like it really, you feel the epicness of it, and it really treats all of its characters so well, not just the two romantic leads. I mean, not that it's even romantic really but like one of the best scenes in the movie is that scene where the two guys are talking in in the bar together like towards the end and it's just yeah. it's so beautiful I, I agree with you 100% kind in fact I need to rewatch it because to be honest that should be much higher up my list than it is mm. Um <laughs> yep. it definitely deserves a rewatch. so no great call man that's great yep. All right. Well, my number three is—I don't know if this is going to make anyone's list. This this is a film that, for a while, I feel like was being held in very high esteem, and I think a lot of people thought it would make a lot of number ones. And I—I I haven't really seen that on most people's lists, but it's the holdovers.
1: Yeah, um, I not it, it fell out of my top five today. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great yeah. film. I loved this film. I thought Paul Giamatti is a forced to be reckoned with he is so great in this film i mean all three of the leads are but again it's just such a human story and it's so intimate and small but it feels large like it's it's the first film since it's a wonderful life that really felt like a special christmas film to me like the kind of film you could throw on that's kind of about how miserable the world is but by the end you feel so warm and fuzzy anyway even though it's it's about these sad miserable characters in a sad situation it's just beautiful, and and for it to be as funny as it is as well, I I just didn't expect, I didn't see it coming. Mm. Um,
2: it's the second best Christmas film I saw last year, for the first or that I saw for the first time, I should say.
0: What was the f- is oh. the is the other? One oh, because I list?
2: I also got to the Anna Kendrick gem Noel, Santa Sister, <laughs> <laughs> and and that that film is i mean i'm a big fan of mark lawrence just in general music and the is a masterpiece but oh fuck, special film you should yeah
0: but yeah the holdovers i really loved so okay is it on your list dave or
2: it's not even him at 10 i told yeah, you my right. list was gonna make you sad <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no no and there's That's no bad. slight it, it's a four-star film i fucking loved it Giamatti needs to be up for best actor yeah. um i want young bloke who acting for the first time that they just found at the school should yeah. get a nom for supporting it's a fantastic film there should be some sort of visual effects award for the eye
0: yeah i um, still don't know how they did the eye they haven't said whether no. it was visual effects or whether it's a prosthetic i don't know what they did yeah. but it, it's fantastic I didn't, film i didn't pay attention
1: best. I didn't pay attention during the movie to whether this was true, but I saw after watching it that apparently the eye changes. It does. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. wild. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it just a
1: continuity error? But I don't even know how you could make that error, to be honest. I, I don't
0: I don't actually know if it's an error or not. Like my daughter- I didn't notice I'm it. I'm going to pause because she's here right now. She has an <laughs> eye turn. And yep. so we have to do exercises where she follows a pen getting close to her, to her eyes. And at the point where most people go cross-eyed, one eye just looks out in the wrong direction. Okay. just goes,
2: no, fuck it too hard.
0: And and it's not the same eye every time, which is wild to me. All right, Dave, are we up to your number three then?
1: Yeah, Saltburn, so we can kind of mosey ah. on.
0: All right, Carney, number two, let's hear it.
1: All right, this is another recent watch. Um, a film that I think is somewhat maligned. Um, it's praised more for its visual aspects than it is for its storytelling. I went with The Creator. Okay, Attaboy. interesting Fucking great movie Yeah. I, okay. I watched it last week I fucking loved it I, First of all, yes, it does It looks stunning it, The visual oh, effects no stuff the, the way they sort of um, yeah. you, you would know it better than I, Billy The way they sort of merge it into just the practical side of things it's, and Like the, the world building $80 million building dollar is, budget Yeah, eighty million. You know what I mean. And Fast and Furious costs three hundred million and looks like a piece of shit. So like, (laughs) it it looks stunning. And just the the more you get into the movie, the more the world we're moving to different parts of the world and world building was just the the world building is so good. And I've seen so like some of the detractors for this film are like, oh, it's 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 you know it's a very derivative story. And I'm kind of like, of course it is. You've got to get to a point where we realize. All like most stories are derivative. You only yeah. get the very, very small amount of ones that just jump out of nowhere that are so crazy. Yeah. Like we are, thousands yeah, yeah, derivatives
0: into the history of literature at this point. Like yeah. and, the, you know. and
2: and and there are only seven stories. I'm sure that's been... This is
1: right. That's a thing. We're telling the same stories (laughs) over and over again. What is different is the creator himself, in this case, the filmmaker, who brings his point of view to it and brings his world world building to it. He has done a stunning job. And like, I... uh, John David Washington... I Ooh. have really only loved him in Black Klansman. I haven't really liked... I didn't really like Tenet. He was in a movie no. I watched called Beckett. He was, I thought that he was, was kind more of wooden than Keanu in that. Yeah, he looks often disengaged in stuff. And I thought yep. he was really emotionally engaged. I had material. tears
2: welling up at the finale of this. And yeah, I, 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 knew the, I knew what was coming. I knew the entire plot of this from 20 minutes in. Yep. As people have said, it's very formulaic and predictable. Sometimes but that's a bad perform- thing, but I think for yeah. this, no, it's, it's actually perfect because you because get to the, the end and you go, so oh. good. the world building yeah. is so good yeah. and the emotional beats were so true. Greatest child performance I've seen in the last 20 years. Stunning. And the, Best the, the since Dakota was, Fanning oh.
1: in Man on Fire, I think. Oh geez, Stunning God, child performances. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah uh, and it's the first uh, thing yeah. she's ever done. She, she has yeah. got a future ahead of her. He, this, I, but, I'm now regretting this isn't in my five <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah but I, I felt the same I it, it, The movie just built and built and built And by the end of it I was like I can't believe how emotionally invested I am in this fucking movie This yeah. is so oh, fucking good
2: yeah, Tears welling up Robot boy up there He he thought it was trite and, and tacky But I, I was
1: See and I, I understand why some people think that But I think like to me this is kind of like a Logan sort of story Where you've got this, old, yeah. like this older burnt out soldier who, yep. you know, has See, to go I on a like journey? Logan either. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I love, I love Logan. I think what I, what I like is that derivative story of, of the old burnout yeah. who goes on the story with the, uh, goes on the journey with the kid and has to learn and grow and hopefully heal. And to me, there's something really cathartic about watching that on screen, especially when the world it's happening in is fucking stunning. So yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a classic. That? I, I may well thing. come to look back on this year and be like, that's my favourite movie from that yeah. year. I think it's just so good. Is no one would watch an film. adapted sc-
2: an ad- a, a film based on a book and go ah oh, the book the, the, the story's predictable if they've read yeah.
1: the book. Yeah. Just yeah.
2: pretend you've read the book <laughs> and enjoy the creator as it is.
1: But even even Dave like you said with this one you you can kind of see where it's going from pretty early on.
2: I was waiting for the beats that I knew were coming. That's right. Like Sometimes eagerly.
1: that sucks. Sometimes that's bad writing or whatever it is. But mm. for, for instances like this, it's really rewarding. Like when the ending yeah. does happen in this movie, I'm like, fuck yeah, he oh, did it. He yes, did the thing so. that I hoped that yeah, he would yeah. do and he nailed it and you, brilliant.
0: You said a yeah. similar thing, uh, Connie. I can't even remember how it came up, whether it was our episode last year, but we were talking about um, Avatar and James Cameron. And, yep. you know, he's had a lot of similar, you know, Avatar has virtually the same criticisms as this put against it. And you said the same thing there, where you're like, the thing about James Cameron is that beat for beat, he knows what he's doing as a screenwriter. Like his, you know, oh, his yeah. use he, of the structure of story, even though it's familiar, that's what works about it. And I actually, yeah, he, I agree with you. Yeah. I, can I can he, say that. He never gets prose.
2: Uh, yeah. uh, not Shape of Water, the Avatar 2. Um, yeah. Which I thought I think is a fantastic film. I wouldn't say it about Avatar One that that was derivative dross. It literally was Fern Gully, but with Smurfs there was there's no defending the unobtanium and all the other stupid things. Like that. But Avatar Two, yeah, fantastic film. But yeah, yeah I man. think I
1: think with Jim Cameron, a lot of people go, "Oh, he's dialogue shit and stuff like that." But for the most part, with these films structurally, he just he hits them out of the park. He just he nails what audiences want to see in a oh, story. Oh, he's like George yeah. Lucas, you know.
2: Yeah. He, he, he is a genius at putting a finished feature film out in the market that is going to appeal to a massive number of people and, and be really brilliantly made. Yeah. And no, he's not a writer. He's not. He's a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. he, he should do what George Lucas did, at least in the middle of his career, and employ professional writers. <laughs> um, but by the same token, fuck, when the finished product is that good.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Don't on, pay on the creative, to the words yeah. Gareth Edwards is a next level filmmaker and it is a gorgeous looking film. Like it it came up actually just the other day on the VFX subreddit that I'm a member of where someone posted a picture of you know the side of one of the heads with the yeah. you know the AI the yeah. bit missing. And uh it it was it was great. It, I love moments like this. There were just it, hundreds it of VFX back. artists all commenting trying to work out how it was done. People who hadn't worked on the film being <laughs> like I wonder what technique they used here. And then, the, you know, every now and that's then there awesome. were a couple of people who actually worked on it chiming in going, oh, well, actually we did this. And it's like, fuck, that's just, it's And that just the, the look great. of it, it harkened
2: back <laughs> so much to sort of sci-fi paperback covers from the 70s and 80s and the look of those and, and um, sort of comic strips that people like Mobius did back then. That sort of sci-fi look, which hasn't been, no one's done that, you know, since... I don't know, probably Blade Runner in, the, in those days. Yeah. But it is, it's, I mean, for someone of, of my age, that's the sci-fi that I grew up with was, that all, you know, all these book covers by Heinlein and yeah. and, and that the, the like. And sort of the aesthetic of the, of the robots and the vehicles and the weapons and everything just harkened back so beautifully.
1: Yeah. It was so funny to watch this uh, a few days apart from having watched <laughs> Rebel Moon.
0: <laughs> which is another uh,
1: big budget sci-fi, which um, also has derivative storytelling, um, but just has characters you do not give a shit about. It, it, production it does design that, done by a fine production design. Old. Yeah, it's just all those elements are wrong, and and the the you know they they'll think they're doing great world building, but it's just really kind of boring stuff. Whereas and the creator doesn't shit. spoon feed and doesn't force feed and tell you what things are. It just lets you sort of organically live in the world and sort of mm. understand it with your own sort of critical thinking. um snyder's sort of not capable of doing but yeah (laughs) Yeah. no and it goes to show what
2: different filmmakers can do with the because if i mean if you believe that the 165 mil or whatever rebel moon budget is actually split between it and god help us the sequel that we're going to get in about four months (laughs) um so in theory it's at a 80 odd million dollar budget which is the budget of the creator yeah how you've got one which is the one of the best looking films i've seen in years And one where you, it literally looks like a stage production with a painted backdrop every time they're on a planet. Yep. There is no costume design. There is no real decent VFX. You've got 1990s style, you know, pew pew lasers, but (laughs) it's kind of about it. Yeah. Where the fuck did the money go? Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Well, that is a perfect segue over to my number two, which... Which is Rebel um, Moon! (laughs) Which, as we spoke about at the start of this episode, you guys haven't seen, which is shocking. And I do hope you rush out and see it straight after this, Carney. But the link here is that this movie had a budget of $15 million and you are going to shit your pants when you see how incredible (laughs) it looks. Because this is the best looking visual effects of the year. It's Godzilla Minus One, which is, again, it's such a human story. Like... It's so funny when we've gone from, you know, the legend monster verse, the American ones, where the critique is always stop giving me these shitty humans who I don't care about and just let me watch monsters fight. (laughs) And in this movie, Toho have gone, well, no, that's not what Godzilla is. We're going to go back to exactly what it is. It's a very human story. And every half hour or so there's a big monster. <laughs> it is it is so well made. It's got such a human story. You care about the characters. The acting is fantastic. I cannot rave about this film enough. It was my number one for most of the year after it came out and it just moved to my number two. Um, but I've seen it in the cinemas three times and I'll see it again before it ends I'm so because keen. it is Please tell me it Godzilla's
2: a result of radiation in that and not coming through a fucking portal in the ground. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, he doesn't live inside the earth. Yeah, he's a result of radiation. He's okay,
2: not even inside the earth now. It's a parallel fucking world through
0: I, a portal. <laughs> when you guys do see it, I, I, I need to hear your thoughts on it because like, I love it. A lot of people seem to love it, but I have heard several people who don't.
2: Um, oh, really? I've heard nothing but raves well, about it. I'm, yeah. I'm so keen.
0: Topher, ex-co-host of the show, he thought it was overly emotional and that there were some bullshit plot points, which is the... Uh, ex- that's what I want. didn't even like the passion yeah. of Darkly Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His opinions have no <laughs> weight. exact same critique that uh, Paul from The Countdown had as well. Um, Robot. So, yeah, well, yeah. So uh, knowing that, you know, you guys kind of tend to be more on my side of things with emotion and stuff, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on it because I bet you're going to love it. It is so good. Oh, so, Cain. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Dave, your number two.
2: My number two, I am fairly confident. Uh, I know Billy hasn't seen it yet because it's not in his top five. Um, not sure if you would even be aware of it, uh, Carney. It's a film called and Son. Oh, by John Carney, who did Sing
1: Street and Once and Begin Again. <laughs> it's very funny to me because um, my dad's name is John Carney, and oh. <laughs> because because he's an old man. Tell him I'm he, a big fan. <laughs> yeah, because he's an old man. He did the you know the old man thing of finding out, for seeking out this. He's also he's also Irish, so he sought out this Irish John Carney, and he's he's Facebook friends with him. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I forgot about this film.
2: Oh, God. I'd, I'd been waiting ages. I'd seen a, because um, obviously lockdown happened and things got, the production of things got delayed, and I'd sort of forgotten about it. And then I saw a cast interview uh, with um, Carney and with um, Eve Hewson, uh, Bono's daughter, who's the the, the lead, um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, and um, Jack Rayner, who, who's also in it. And it's sort of, oh my God, there's another one of these coming out. Because for for me, he makes the best films of anyone in history about music. Mm -hmm. Like not musicals, but films that convey the love of music. And this is just yet another one. It's now the sort of the fourth of these films he's done that are, are kind of about music and they have music in them, but they're not musicals. Just this intimate human story that's incredibly funny. The music in it's amazing. Um, it's, and it's just so beautifully filmed so she'll be in front of her laptop screen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt will be on the laptop screen and then the camera will swing around and then he's in the room with her and they're playing together on guitar Um, it's just I fucking loved it yeah, it Absolutely sounds right up my
0: it. alley, I definitely have to check it out yeah, you do,
2: you've not seen any of his films. You would love all. <laughs> yeah. of, how you haven't seen oh, Sing Street is fucking Sing Street
0: is awesome, so good. All right, I'll put it's, all of them. on It's
2: eighties music. He, he fucking looks like <laughs> Robert Smith for <laughs>
0: half the film. I do, you know <laughs> I love Robert Smith. All right. Well, your number one, Carney, we know, don't we? It's Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. Yep. yep. All right. So my Stand number one was. It. My number one was not on your list, which is a very divisive film. So I'm guessing you either haven't seen it or you saw it and perhaps hated it. My number one is Poor Things.
1: I haven't... It's another... That and Godzilla okay. are the two that I haven't ticked off. Yep. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, is, is Poor Things on your list, Dave? Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about our number one here. It's a fantastic film. It, speak about world building. It's insane. Stunning. I went in knowing absolutely nothing about this film. I didn't even know it was based on a book. I, I knew absolutely nothing it's just wild like the level of world building is insane the cast are fantastic Emma Stone absolutely deserving of any awards she gets but honestly Mark Ruffalo for best supporting actor please it's the best he's ever been I, um,
2: he's the only I, I thought RDJ was going to be a lock for supporting and I, I, I kind not. of think he still is because I think he yeah.
0: is yeah
2: it's you know a career reward almost he's finally outside the MCU and oh look but you know is Ruffalo they were in the I know I know, I know you don't have to sell me on Ruffalo but it's le- it's a less showy performance it's yeah. a bit weirder it's a bit more comedic less people will have seen the film yeah. so I yeah. think Joe, enjoy- but I would with you he should get I think Emma Stone's a lock for best actress I yeah. think I think she she will get every best actress award yeah. there is
1: um, I can I kind of don't want to so say far.
0: too much about it especially knowing you haven't seen it kind of. I don't want to spoil any like do yeah. you know anything about it about the plot or anything
1: Not really I just know that it's unhinged and
0: insane yeah. It's super, <laughs> it's super unhinged, man. Like it yeah. is, it's bizarre. I uh, knew yeah, you hadn't
2: seen it the minute you said that you thought that um, Nolan deserved to get best director. Is that He has to say things, obviously. The direction is insane. <laughs> the
0: cinematography is next level. It's like I, I'm assuming you've seen other Lanthimos films.
1: It's uh yeah, he did the Lobster, right? He did. He did lobster The Lobster. Yes, um,
0: yes. Killing of a Sacred Deer is another fantastic one. If you want to yep. see a great Barry Cogan performance, that's mm. it right there. Yep, this is favorite. like strangely, I would say, his least accessible and most accessible film all at once. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if that makes sense, but it is so weird and unhinged and out there. And yet narratively, it's kind of fairly straightforward, but it's in like a very well, the, the surreal version like, of at our own world.
2: At a, at a superficial level, the narrative
0: is... It's the hero's journey.
2: By far the most normal and yeah. non weird of all of his films, but it's the execution and the world hundred, building yeah, and the he's style. so out there. Everything is is uh, like I said. Yeah. I said when we talked about it on the, on the review app, he is doing things director directorially I have never seen before. Yeah, and that's and like- that's a rarity when you've seen the amount of films that people like us have seen to, yeah. to, to find a film where you go, I have never seen anything like that.
0: And I certainly um, though I wouldn't I wouldn't judge or hold against anyone who hated this film, which some people are. Like it's really divisive. Like if if you're not in the mood for something, you can't, this swing, unhinged, you can,
2: you can't have a swing <laughs> this big and not yeah. alienate some people. It's yeah. just not gonna happen.
1: I've All seen right. a lot of love for this. And based mainly on Letterboxd, so I think it's sitting on like a four point two or four point three.
2: Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think at the sort of cinephile end of town it's yeah. universal acclaim. But I think yeah. out in the mainstream world, you're gonna get a lot of Fast and the Furious fans, sorry, Billy, um, I, who, I, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if, if your I idea Fast of X the greatest film list. of all time is, you know, Fast and the Furious or a sort of mainstream big block blockbuster action, you're you're going to be sitting in this film fucking hating it.
1: Yeah, I kind of love that there's the people out there like that who just roll into a movie not really knowing anything about it and within the first five minutes you can just feel them in the cinema being like,
0: what the fuck is going on here? I think I've told this story on the show before but my mother-in-law who has once famously said I don't like comedy like, she, just, she doesn't like anything. She, she hates everything. weirdest
2: statement. Yeah, I, know. I don't like laughing.
0: Yeah, she, she hates she hates everything. The one thing she does like is lighthouses and, like, history and stuff. So they went to see the oh, lighthouse. Oh, I can see where this is going. <laughs> and it's like, you are the last person in the world who should watch the lighthouse. Like, she just, she hated every second of it. But, yeah. That's what was, gets
1: people in, a title title on a yeah. poster and they go yeah. this is my this is this is for me awesome
2: yeah. all i like are lighthouses and people <laughs> fucking mermaids and yeah. killing <laughs> seabirds
0: and farting lots of farting, farting. In films. all right have you got be- a film with that <laughs> before we go over to our traditional you know best of 10 years yeah ago, you promised um- me Honorable yeah, mentions. Yep, yeah, let's go through some honorable mentions because you were very cranky that we could only do five and not ten uh but in my defense we've been recording for an hour and still have another another top five to go so <laughs> all right hit us up with some honorable mentions dave you go first since you're chomping an all right,
2: what, right. I'll, I'll just rip through six through ten and then yeah. move on probably quickest um so number six i had dungeons and dragons honor among
0: thieves yep which that's in my i thought as well. was
2: just perfect cinema fun and uh, number seven barbie yep um I had that at eight, yep. Pretty universally acclaimed. Number eight, I don't know if you guys would have caught this yet. Um, uh, Cronenberg Jr.'s new one, Infinity Pool. Haven't. Too no, scared," so, yeah. <laughs> says the guy
0: Should've who hosts a yeah. horror movie podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's
2: more of a psychological thriller, I would say, than a horror. Uh, than
1: he Cronenberg. Um, Cronenberg's a cooker, though. Like I've I've heard of Possessor. <laughs> I'm too scared to watch that.
2: Possessor got a lot of blood and gore yeah. and stuff. Infinity Pool, less so, but it's yeah, it is a it'll fuck with your head. Yeah. Um, and it's got Dame Mia Goth, who's long overdue for a Best Actress Oscar. Um, number nine, I had Missing. Uh, which, yeah. Um, missing was good. Did you catch that? It was kind of like a conceptual semi sequel to Searching the John Show Oh, I've one. heard of this. Yep. Um, but it's kind of better in every respect. Um, and uh, finally, number 10, I had uh, Guardians Volume 3, which
1: I love. Good film. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. Solid.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only ones that I have that you didn't mention were Killers of the Flower Moon, um, yeah, which when you talk about three-hour historical epics, I, I thought that was better than Oppenheimer for me. Uh, Interesting. Blackberry, I loved Blackberry. Mm. Blackberry very nearly yeah. made my five, to be honest. Better than Killers of the Flower Moon.
1: <laughs> I agree, and I haven't seen Shorter Blackberry. too. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know if you guys saw Joyride. No, nah, I want to. Yeah. Sorry. What, last night did I watch it? Yeah, right. Yeah, did we, you like we, it, Dave?
2: I liked it. Um, I I mean, I I came in with ridiculously high expectations because you'd just been singing its praises as the funniest (laughs) film of the year, possibly the best comedy in the last half a century. And... uh, there were moments that I really liked and moments that I was laughing out loud, but there were moments that I was kind of cringing and going,
0: fuck, yeah, I right. hate all of these women. No, I liked it. It came um, out very early in the year. And big for a long props time for... It would have been, I mean, a long I,
2: time. I, I liked Stephanie's shoe before we saw her tattooed vagina and, you know, obviously only comes up a notch. <laughs> <Yeah. so.
0: laughs> and uh, the only other one I have as well was Asteroid City. Um, oh, yeah. Which again, very divisive. I liked it yes, a lot. Yes, yep.
2: Yeah. I, I promised I'd see it. Weeks ago, and I, I still will. Um, but you know, fuck me, where's Anderson?
0: Ooh. Yeah. What about you, Carl? Uh, you have any honourable mentions?
1: Uh, yeah, I really loved. I don't know if you guys saw Bottoms.
0: Yeah, neither of us really liked it. Yeah, okay. But we're we're like, in the vast we're, an, we're on a very small yeah. island
2: of <laughs> electronic negativity. Everyone loves the. I watched it with it. my.
1: <laughs> I watched it with my girlfriend and she really did not get behind it at all. And I was like, yeah. I, I actually really love when something just commits to being utterly stupid and silly. like. Yeah. And it just, it shocked me. I, it wasn't the movie I expected. It went to, it, it was far sillier. And I just, I really got a lot and, out of and, it. And and yet also darker as well. Like yeah. <laughs> on paper,
2: I, if you said, oh, well, it starts out as kind of like a, you know, irreverent, super baddie teen comedy. And then by the end of it, they're just, massacring people there's blood everywhere and then there's sort of no comeuppance for that yeah i would it, I, I would think i would jump at that but for some reason i just found it really jarring and disjointed
1: it starts to build towards that outcome and in your mind you're like are they gonna do yeah that? and then like- when they then when they did i was like fuck yeah this is good this is, <laughs> it doesn't make sense but it's good and i yeah. love it um i really loved the equalizer three I would put it in with sort of Extraction 2 as like action movies that I love really? this year that not enough people have seen. I've not seen I, any of these. No, to me, the Equalizer, equalizer, equalizer is end, 1 would, is
2: good. Back in the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, the first but, one is great and there's a lot of like heart to it because it's Denzel just investing in like regular people in his community at this, like, Walmart-type store that he works with. Yeah. He's protecting them. It's beautiful. Second one's a piece of shit to the point where i like, <laughs> this doesn't need to be a franchise. Why are they continuing with this? And then the third one, just a beautiful little story again about, like, basically a retired equaliser who gets injured and he's just recovering in this small Italian town and he invests in the local people and they're under threat from some bad people. And it's actually just a really beautiful movie. I was... I was is, he, is he it. trying to do the act... Because that's the why I think one of the reasons I've avoided it is I've kind of got...
2: Denzel in the Liam Neeson too old for this shit cam is like, why are you still doing mm, these action y things? I know people are paying you. The film
1: commits to it. The film commits in the way that, like, he's just getting old and too kind of fucked up to be doing this stuff, but he's doing it anyway. Yeah, it's not, it's, I don't think he's tipped over into Liam Neeson just doing any old thing. I think it's still got to Stop trying to jump over shit and fight 20 year olds. (laughs) It's just,
2: it's, it's the Irishman thing. It just looks sad. Even (laughs) Keanu looked too tired in John Wick 4, and he's half the age of, denzil i think
1: Liam. i think keanu's tiredness is pretty warranted when you consider those four movies are taking place over about a week and he's been stabbed <laughs> in shot and like, if, he, if he didn't look tired i'd be like that's a disgrace <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so and and then i do a, i do a horror podcast so three more that i would love to mention are horrors and i really love last voyage of the demeter i'm a dracula thank fan, you and, yeah and that I was it and, yeah. Uvridale, I think and was- when 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 Stephen King tweeted about how good it was, I thought, "Oh no, it's probably going to be a piece of shit." Because (laughs) he likes to sort of get behind some stuff and best horror films since. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. I I loved it. I loved it. It's just like that old school creature design where it was just sort of like disgusting to look at, and and the characters. I actually invested in it emotionally. I didn't expect perhaps that to happen, and it's just just a great little film that no one really saw and I wish they had. Gorgeous looking too. Oh, it looks fantastic. It's beautiful.
2: He's, I'm such a fan of Andre Uvridale. He's so, considering all of his films are sort of universally, you know, Troll Hunter, Autopsy of Jane Do- the, um Not many people saw Mortal, but it, no one's got a bad word to say about him, but he's still kind of, no one knows his name. He's not kind of taken that leap into Ariaster, Robert Eggers sort of yep. era as, as one of the kind of new guys in genre films. But and I, sadly, really sadly this stuff. one...
1: Yeah, sadly this one won't help because it no. just got buried and no one really saw it, and it's yeah, a shame. Yeah. Hopefully, people discover it over the years because it's just it looks so good and it is stunning. Uh, a great film called Husera the Bone Woman. Um, haven't heard of it. Really fucked me up. Um, yeah, okay. Scared me in ways that I haven't really seen in a horror film before. Like even just the, the cinematography. Like there was there's one shot in it where like. I've never actually seen two jump scares existing within the same frame before. Like the one happens and you get the jump and then you have the remote, you have the release and you think all right I got to build up for the next one and then straight away within the same frame another one and I was just like this is just this it Uh Sarah the bone woman. Uh and the last horror film I just want to give a mention to nobody liked it. Um I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> the Boogeyman. I a, it scared didn't hate me. The Boogeyman. Yeah, it scared I it me, right. but I I invested in the emotional aspect of the family and I really loved it and the creature design was good and it's just, I love what Rob Savage does. I think he's a good filmmaker. Yeah,
0: yeah, I liked liked that movie. I thought it was good. I'll, Hmm.
2: I'll check that out, but I'm very keen for this Bone Woman film.
1: Oh, it's good
0: all right well as is tradition on the show because really the best way to judge anything is by looking back on it 10 years later and seeing did it have any lasting power let's hop over to our top five of 2013 and i think this is gonna be fun because dave messaged me a couple of weeks ago raving about what a strong year 2013 was and how <laughs> how he was struggling to make his list Connie when you just hopped on you told us that your number five is an absolute piece of shit because you just <laughs> quit <laughs> It's one of the worst films of all time. I'm a little in the middle. I'm, I'm happy with my five, but I, I struggled to even come up with them.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, for me, I looked at it, yeah, I just thought this is a weak year in comparison to some other great
0: stuff. All right. Well, Dave, how about since you went last, last time, how about you kick us off with your number five of 2013 since you have such a good list? I'm curious if you have any <sighs> crossover.
2: Well, I'm starting off with with an Academy Award-winning director, Mr. Bong Joon-ho, and Snowpiercer.
0: Good film. Okay, it is a good film. Not on Fantastic. my list. Speaking Not on of, mine. I
2: mean, world world building as we've been speaking about. I just love the premise that the whole world's, you know, as is probably going to happen, gone down the crap climate-wise, and is encrusted in sub-zero degrees snow, and the only people alive are on this thousand car long train that's just circling the globe permanently uh, non-stop and then you've got this wonderful class system from the people in the tail who are basically living in a slum and eating babies all the way up to you know middle class and the producers and then you've got kind of the upper class who are you know living the nice cocktail set all the way through right up to the engineers at the at the front I just loved everything about the world that was the characters, the idea that it's also then this kind of almost raid style battle car by car to try and get up to the front of a train. Just yeah,
0: yeah. Conceptually, it's a film I remember really enjoying, but to be honest, I feel like I probably need to rewatch it because um, yeah, it's probably not. It's probably, it's not in it's my probably mind. fresher I in my
2: because me- I, I haven't seen it in a few years, but it's it's probably fresher in my m- kind of memory because I ju- I just re- finished up. The the most recent season of the TV show, um, which is also really good. Um, So it's it's a little bit more front of mind, maybe.
1: Yeah. I think Snowpiercer, for me, just... The holdup for me is the some of the content, and the uh, uh, the cannibalism. I was just that probably threw me off back in the day. I was like, why I really want to love this movie because I love movies. Why set is Captain on America
2: crying and saying so he yeah. knows what babies taste like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was a real conflict because I'm like, I love trains, but I don't love cannibalism. This is a real hard one. <laughs>
0: See, whereas I love cannibalism, but hate trains. So. <laughs> 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 All right, well, what's your number five? I have to hear what this movie is. <laughs>
1: All right, I uh, recently remembered it because I rewatched it on a plane, um, which is where you watch all good movies. Uh, Forty Seven Ronin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that the Keanu?
1: Yeah, it's Keanu and it's Hiroyuki Sanada who it's I love. A classic. Um, it is a real turd of a movie with a real checkered production. Uh, someone was recently telling me the director of that got given oh, millions of dollars to you start developing and producing something else. And he took that money and he invested in like crypto or something. So like his career's cooked. If it wasn't already from this film, Um, it is a bad film. I watch it and I go, you know what? This film is bad. And yet I really love it. And part of it is because I love samurai movies. Yeah. Yeah. I just love samurai in general. Is Keanu playing a Japanese person? Keanu, they they refer to him constantly as the half breed. They basically found him <laughs> when he was a child, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, and it's not, not quite a white of, savior Tom Cruise yeah. thing. Okay, they take him under their wing a little bit, but they hate him and don't respect him. But the leader's daughter he's in love with him and it's that sort of thing. And it's, it's great. It's samurai versus there's a magical element to the movie. They're fighting against monsters. And I just kind of love the, the aesthetic of it. I think it's cool. Yeah. And I also think it was, I don't remember that. The, the, maybe you don't need to read but, <laughs> <laughs> but the marketing of it was completely insane because obviously Keanu Reeves is the star so he's at the forefront but really it's it's it, the film belongs to Hiroyuki Sonata he's the protagonist in my eyes at least and he has the beautiful moment he's the heart of the story um, Keanu's sort of just there as, as the as the Hollywood <laughs> guy really um, and <laughs> But yeah, a mostly bad film, but one that just aesthetically I, I quite like and I yeah. think is good. Also, it's funny that there's a tattooed guy. He's got facial tattoos, tattoos all over his body. He's in the film and he's enormous on the poster and all the marketing he was in, and then he's in the movie for about <laughs> sixty seconds. <I> <laughs> it's yeah, just one of those. You're, you're making yeah. the poster.
2: You've got this incredibly striking dude's got face tats. <laughs> he's going on the fucking poster. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just one of those one of those cooked Hollywood movies that probably cost yeah. upwards of one hundred and fifty million and kind of sucks, but has a few redeeming qualities if you like that sort of
0: thing. Yeah, I'm going to rewatch it tonight actually because I remember. I don't remember monsters. It.
1: I'm probably
2: <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of Last Samurai every time I picture this film. Oh, I love Last Samurai.
1: <laughs> what a film.
0: All right. Well, my number five uh, is one that I've done on the show before, and you probably have done it over on Scary Boys, Carney. It's The Conjuring. Oh,
1: yeah. 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 I, I like <laughs> good this film. movie. A good yeah.
0: film. You picked I, the
2: wrong Patrick Wilson film. <laughs> no,
0: this kicks the crap out of Insidious any day Fuck <laughs> oh. No, I agree I, I, I
1: quite like The Conjuring
2: Conjuring yeah. 2 maybe Oh, Conjuring, two. Conjuring two is two better Better than Conjuring 1
0: Yeah But you know I'm a big uh, Haunted House fan uh, When I came on Scaredy Boys I very regrettably chose uh, the Amityville Horror Amityville Not a great movie in <laughs> hindsight But uh, I, I do I, I like a Haunted House film And uh, I think I, It had Margot Kidder in it mate That was it, a gift Oh yeah That was a real <laughs> yeah. gift <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I just think that this is a really fun time um, If you like horror movies it's It's genuinely pretty scary And not a lot of these kind of movies tend to scare me But it's I I rate it pretty highly, yeah.
2: Mm. Oh, it's a it's a genuinely good film. I think I think Conjuring Two is head and shoulders the best film in that franchise. Um, Agree, but but the the, the weird thing with um, Conjuring Two, I just love because of the '60s London. That the whole setting just appeals to me. Apart yeah. from anything else, but um, Insidious Two, I think is better than anything in the Conjuring. Franchise. I've that, got to watch that, that film is a masterpiece. The way it relates back to the first Insidious film, given they were made two years apart, is a, it, i have nothing but respect for Lee Wenell's writing. After watching that, every mm. single scene from about twenty minutes into that film is a different version of a scene from the first film. Mm. It's incredible.
0: I love okay. podcasting with you, Carney. Cause anytime a movie comes up that you haven't seen, I see you just like move over and just make a note. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fucking good, do that I when some- I tell you about shit. <laughs> <laughs> Billy. No, I, I don't. I'm a bad podcaster. <laughs> All right, Dave, over to your number four, then
2: number four, um, weirdly topical. Cause I just watched a fabulous documentary called love and Tosha last night. Um, which is about the um, sadly departed Anton Yelchin. My number four ah. is Odd Thomas. Oh, yeah, okay. Which is a technically horror, I guess, but it's very light horror. There's nothing scary about it, really. Um, based on a Dean Koontz book or series of books, we would have got six of these films if sadly he hadn't passed away. Um, about a guy called Odd Thomas who is lives in a little town and he's psychic and can see um the dead and they can communicate with him and he can also see these uh evil manifestations called bodax which are these scary looking monster things that congregate when um untimely death is about to happen and so he sort of sets himself up he's this sort of psychic pi against essentially he sees these Bodaks and he follows them and either tries to save the person who's going to be killed or if he encounters them, you know, recently departed, <clears throat> he tries to give them closure by, you know, if they've been murdered, he um, finds the the killer and reports it to his mate, the captain of the police, who's played by Willem Dafoe. And it's just, it's so original. He is, he is such an incredible actor, but he's, he's so good in this role. His girlfriend's... Uh, called named stormy llewellyn they have one of the greatest romantic relationships i've ever seen in film they're just like this incredibly perfect couple and it's yeah highly i cannot recommend it highly enough it, it i've seen it probably six seven times well i don't, I don't always, know if you i don't know if you noticed
0: dave but i did just lean over and make a note so i'll, I'll make mine right now yeah
2: <laughs> I tr- I, see see john I, I trust that you're actually writing odd thomas Billy, I think, is just going <laughs> Dave's going on a bit and drawing a penis. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dory, I'll edit yeah. most of it out, Dave. I'll edit most of you talking <laughs> out. It's fine.
1: <laughs> Dave, yeah. I like the sound of it because I just looked it up and it's directed by Stephen Summers, which would, baffles I, me a little bit. Oh, got Who that. made the mummy? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Lord. I was gonna drop Helsing. that
2: when you try when you yeah, when you poo <laughs> Billy, I was gonna say the no, director no, no, I wasn't no, gonna mention Van Helsing.
0: All right, Carney, you're number four. Uh, number four, have you guys seen a
1: movie called Out of uh, Out of the Furnace?
0: No, I have not.
1: No. All right, so this is directed by Scott Cooper and starring Christian Bale, Casey Affleck, Woody Harrelson, Forrest Whitaker, Jesus. Zoe Saldana. Um, a great film. In it, Christian Bale's in a relationship, a loving relationship with Zoe Saldana. I think he has a few too many to drink, drives home and kills a child. Jesus. And... We then cut to years later when he's got out of prison for doing this. I think he's been away for 10 years or whatever. And in that time, his younger brother, Casey Affleck, is a bit of a shit kicker. He's got himself into trouble. He's traveling up into sort of redneck areas of America and getting in like doing like fight club type stuff, like for money. And he's in way over his head. And basically, uh, Woody Harrelson runs that sort of fighting crime operation. And Casey Affleck goes missing, presumed dead. And the film follows Christian Bale's attempts to find out what happened to his brother and maybe get some justice for him yeah and it's just right. this beautiful film about this guy that basically destroyed his life and feels guilty for being away from his brother and letting his brother go down the wrong path and it's just him yeah you know, and he's in the meantime while he's been in prison he's lost this love of his life Zoe Saldana oh, I was she's gonna now, say is she yeah still she's with married him or... to Forrest Whitaker who's a cop who's trying to like punching up him. Forrest wow <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> Forrest is like um, you know he's very jealous and insecure because suddenly you know this younger better looking man is out of jail and and he's a cop and he's trying to persuade Surely Christian he's Bale to, twice the to stay out so of trouble out. <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of an interesting one they sort of play it off as if like well you went to jail and i you know who was going to support me and it's it's one of those Scott Cooper does great films about <clears throat> just parts of america towns that were have been forgotten basically they're going through economic struggle all the the jobs that hard the blue collar jobs are closing down and so people are turning to crime and turning to all sorts of drugs and 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 everything and it's it's a great story christian bale gives a knockout performance i can't believe i haven't
2: given the cast i've never even heard of it
0: yeah no that sounds
1: amazing I think the movie Scott Cooper did after this was another great one. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Hostiles. It also stars Christian Bale. And Hostiles, Rosman, I've seen yeah, I think. Rosamund Pike as well. That's a great fucking movie.
2: Mm. No, I yeah. do remember that one. Yeah, right. Out of the Furnace, I've made my note.
0: Me too. Great. All right. Well, my number four is the first but not last uh, film on this list by filmmaker Denis Villeneuve, which is insane to me that he made these two films in one year. Ah. It's uh, Prisoners. Uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, incredible film. Um, I don't yep. know if this is on either of your guys' list, but it tells the story of these two young girls who are abducted and kind of the search for them that goes in all these twisty, thrillery ways. Um, it's so emotionally powerful and so well put together. And it's one of those movies that kind of one watches, after one watch you're like, I don't know if I want to watch that again because parts of it are so kind of heavy and dark. But it's worth a rewatch because it's just so good.
1: So, <laughs> so that's me. So, stuff. I've I've I wrote it down, but I haven't rewatched it in the last ten years. And there's yeah. a part of me that was just kind of like, I, I think I love it. I in my mind, I respect it as being a great film. But it was so hard to get through because of the content that I so, don't know if I want to rewatch it.
2: That and I, you've already mentioned that you're going to reference the other Villeneuve. Both yeah. of them I have as four stars on Letterboxd both of them I think are fantastic I've not watched either of them in the last seven or eight years at least so I was kind of going through you know as is the the purpose of of this 10 years after things like I I can't you know they're not my favorites of that year because I've I've never felt the need to go back to them even though if you ask me about them I'd highly recommend them to people yeah um whereas everything in my five I've seen at least four times most of them five or six times in the last decade
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's how I went as well. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, your number three then, Dave.
2: My number three is one of the funniest films ever made. Um, absolutely the best thing that has ever come out of the Seth Rogen Evan Goldberg partnership, and it is this is the end. Oh
1: yeah. (laughs) It's very good. It is
2: just. I mean, and, and I never thought I'd ever use this term referring to any of those guys. But the writing on this is just whip smart. It is so clever, both conceptually and just the dialogue in it. Even just, and I went back and watched snippets of it going, do I just remember this fondly like I do Your Highness as being oh, something that i sucks. watch watched. <laughs> I, you know, I always watch it drunk and I think it's probably funnier than it is. And I was like, no, yeah. you know what? Everything at all of the cameos. Michael Cera is amazing. Emma Watson is fucking hilarious. Even Rihanna is funny. That it. I mean, the idea. Danny of the McBride. That's very rarely funny. Apart from Your Highness, um, <laughs> is funny in this. Um, the. I mean, Channing Tatum has done a lot of self-mocking cameos, and it's one of the reasons I like him probably more than anything. Because I don't like any his films. I don't really like him in anything. I don't think he's a good particularly good actor. But I can't dislike someone that is so prepared to take the piss out of themselves. Kids made me watch um, Free Guy again just the other day. Fuck, he's one of the funniest things in that. He is hilarious in This Is the End in his Gimp suit. Um, (laughs) I've fucking, I mean, I assume you both both of you have seen this, yeah?
0: Yeah, but this is a film that falls into a similar category for me that Prisoners did for you guys. I haven't seen this since I saw it at the cinemas in 2013. And wow. I I remember liking it, and I remember laughing a lot. I remember the whole. It was one of those films where it was great to see it in a cinema because you really got that vibe. Everyone was laughing. It was great. But I haven't felt compelled to rewatch it. Oh, give so, it another go. It's, yeah, okay.
2: I, I it's it's your kind of humor. Yeah. Because you love. I mean, you love that gross but clever yeah. South Park. It's it, it's 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 you know definitely definitely you should give it another go.
1: Yeah. The thing that those guys do so well is that they just tell those sort of beautiful friendship stories. Mm, yeah, and, and this one's no different. I can't remember what the song is that plays at the end, but it's like this big emotional song. They all go to lives. heaven and, and the Backstreet Boys are up there and they all... <laughs> that's right I think it is all, that song isn't it when they're hanging when, they, when they're hanging about to die though and they're holding on for dear life and they're telling each other I think they're telling each other they love them and oh some I'm not sure plays. if it
2: starts then but certainly when they get to heaven the Backstreet Boys yeah. are all in heaven and it's just this giant Backstreet Boys <laughs> yeah. number yeah.
0: fucking magic alright Sean you're number three mate
1: World War Z nice oh, okay yeah another one i really I liked I, at the time yeah. but
0: haven't watched since yeah i, I, I really watched really this about one
2: three years ago this was one of my pandemic movies that i'm checking off a list because yeah. at the time so many people had said oh no nah, it's a big budget crap it's no it's no good and mm-hmm. i never bothered and i it's fucking good
1: yeah i really i rate it and it's funny because when it came out, I think the critical consensus was that it's a bit average, but it made a shitload of money to the point where David Fincher, for some reason, was attached to directing the sequel. Yeah, for that's years, right. Yeah. And it never happened. But um, this, for me, is the poster child for redoing your third act. They basically filmed an entirely different third act. They went, This is not working. How can we do it? And they made it a lot smaller. And they did it in that little um, The Who facility at the end there where Brad Pitt basically has to inject himself and then go through all of that. And in doing that and making it a smaller film, they just reined the emotion of it all in and the heart of it and just this father trying to get back to his family. And it's one of the best reshoots, I think, that Hollywood have churned out in in terms of completely reconstructing that third act. It's just a good film. I really Mm. enjoy it. And managing to have that kind of small...
2: Emotional. After some of the best, z- 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 big set pieces I've ever seen, as like those seas of zombies sort of climbing like ants to um, attack the, well, not attack but tr- trying to go up the
1: wall and all of that stuff, which is just amazing on a big screen. Yeah, like that that whole part of the film. I think it's in Jerusalem when they. Yeah. coming over the wall like a wave, and then you go straight from that set piece into they're in the plane, and then the plane's yep. in the air, and then the plane blows up, and it's it's an awesome, awesome film.
2: And they, I, think I they mean, did it, a really good job credits because it comes. It's from a, a YA book, isn't it? It's a, a young adult fiction. I think it's from, it's, from, it's a from a book, I,
0: not, a, not a YA book. It's I like, a, yeah, I don't know it's if it's YA, a, yeah. but it's yeah.
2: a, but but I mean, the credit probably goes to the author of that book. But the whole that whole little subplot bit about and I've come casting my mind something about taking the taken the... Teeth out so that when, if they become zombies, they can't infect anyone? Or there's, is there
1: some, there's something like that, isn't there? there? There's little bits of that sprinkled all throughout. Which I that's really, just, good that's stuff. just such yeah.
2: original clever shit that I've, that's yeah, not yeah, happened before. It,
1: yeah. it copped a lot of flack because it's not at all like the book. I think the book yeah. is really an anthology sort of thing that follows a lot of different people's points of view throughout this apocalypse. Yeah, it's whereas to, this just to a film, centered, you want to have a single... Yeah. It's very hard. So this one just went, no, no, we've got Brad Pitt and we're going to stick with Brad Pitt. It's the train train spotting thing. About the only criticism that you could ever level at train spotting is
2: it kind of eschews that anthology thing and really homes in on one
1: small story and beefs it up and has the rest of it just as sort of side stuff. The only funny note I like about this movie is that Matthew Fox is in it. I never remember him from Lost. Party of later. Five. Party of Five, yeah. Fuck off. Lost, Billy. You're just teasing and I know it. <laughs> no, like, in fairness to Billy, those are his two great hits, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's in it. And when you watch the film, he's in two shots I think I yeah. don't know if he has any dialogue and it's funny because in the third act that they completely got rid of he has like this big subplot where he like <laughs> goes Aww. to Brad he goes to Brad Pitt's wife and tells him Brad Pitt's dead and then he steals his wife and is in a relationship with her and yeah there's this whole big thing imagine that
2: call uh, Matt yeah. Matt um, thanks, for, thanks for coming on the movie mate you were really great <laughs> everyone you know great work um, yeah. we're doing a slight change <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> All right. Well, my number 3 uh almost could not be more different to you guys. You guys have both gone with kind of bigger fantasy films. This is a film that's based on a true story. It's Ryan Coogler's first film, Fruitvale Station.
1: Oh, ah. I've never seen it. It's not. Right.
0: Ah, uh, it's, it's on my it's on I my think, list. I think you both like it and it's very short. From memory, it's about 75 minutes long. Um but it's all set in a day. It tells the true story of the last day of this guy's life who was tragically uh shot by police on New Year's Day at a subway station in um, it's the Bart station it's over in California where what am I thinking why can I not think of places <laughs> San Francisco mm-hmm. um, yeah and so it just tells, what's great about it is that it doesn't really focus on that moment. It's, it's about this guy's last day. So it's just him doing his normal everyday stuff. He wakes up, he goes and he sees his girlfriend, he goes and meets his friends, and he's just doing his regular stuff that just all leads up to this awful moment where he's shot by police for no reason. Um, and it's just, it's really beautifully made. It's really touching. It's very slice of life. Like it's it's not big and showy and flashy. It almost feels like a documentary at times, um, but it's just absolutely worth watching. If neither of you've seen it, I'd highly. Oh, recommend it's been on my Yeah,
2: and I think yeah. you've spoken about it before.
0: Is it Michael B. Jordan? It is. Yeah, and from memory, it's the first time I saw Michael B. Jordan, and I think it's still his best yeah. performance easily. Like I, I wow. don't I don't mind Creed. I'm not as high on Creed as the rest of the world is, but I think Fruitvale Station is just a fantastic film. Um, all right, Dave. Over to your number two, then.
2: Number two. So um, far, no
0: crossovers. Let's see if we can keep it that way.
2: I'll, if if we don't have a crossover, Billy, I, I may <laughs> quit the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm, it's not going to be this one. Um, my number two is a beautiful film called About Time. Yes. Um, which number is, one? Ah, You're not man. right. Yeah. I've, it is, I've it is actually the not seen most it. Be- it's, of course you haven't. You have more holes okay. no, in films no, in your no, filmography. But,
0: but is, this, is this Bill Nye? Is Bill Nye? Yep. yep. Bill Nye, yeah. uh, Donald Bleason plays thing, his yeah. son.
2: Yeah. It is yeah. the yeah. most beautiful father-son relationship in Rachel any film McAdams. ever. Rachel yeah. McAdams. It, um, it's essentially, it's about Donald Gleeson's this guy who discovers that the men in his family have the ability to go back in time and sort of... You, it, does various sort of jaunts back and forth in time, um, making minor changes and things, and finds out. Oh, no, you know, what? Once you have a kid, you can't go back anymore because if you go back,
0: kid ceases to the, exist. The,
2: well, the, it's not that the kid ceases to exist, but the kid will change because there. It's pure random. Yeah, which sperm gets to the egg, the DNA, etc., is random. So every time you go back prior to the birth of your ch- prior to. Con- conception a different child will be there when you come back to the present so you need to stop doing it at that point um and there's just there's so many beautiful moments with him and bill nye as the dad it's just i don't to say too much about the plot because it's kind of best to just experience that but it's it's just the most beautiful film it's from memory it's an, it's another richard curtis film and that guy just can do no wrong when he's writing this sort of stuff Got kind of a humorous but heartwarming, you know.
0: Alright, you've convinced me. I I know it's been ten years and I haven't watched it yet, but I promise I'll watch it for you guys. <laughs> if it's if it's your number two and Sean's number one, then it has to be pretty good.
1: <laughs> it's 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 I think did you say this, Dave? It's probably the best father-son story. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Better than my own relationship with my father. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's 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 not one of those movies where you would expect it to have an antagonist and and for big horrible things to happen, but it's it's not. It's just a it's just a beautiful story about a guy's journey through learning this power and how he can use it to sort of become better and to help people around him and that sort of thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. And yeah, to right.
2: to get, um, I can't remember who plays. Do you remember who plays his sister in it? It's, oh no, I can't remember. Yeah, fuck, it's someone good. I'll, I'll look it up in a yeah. sec because it's going to bother me. Um. As as is one of the biggest strengths of Richard Curtis for something that has so many heartwarming moments and is and sort of makes you kind of smile and cry and all the rest of it. At no point is it ever kind sort of saccharine or schmaltzy or anything like that. It's it's no. never less than genuine. Great
1: soundtrack. Mm. Um, actually, Vanessa Kirby's in it. Margot Robbie's in it. Margot Robbie's sister, right. I think. Yeah, I think Margot Robbie. I think Margot there. Robbie's Margot Robbie's the cousin. Oh, the cousin. Okay. Yeah, yeah right yeah.
0: Uh, well you've convinced me I'll, I'll check it out for sure I promise mm-hmm. alright well Carney what's your number two then
1: number two I love the film The Secret Life of Walter Mitty the Ben Stiller film
0: it's another film that's been on my list for a long time because I reckon yeah. I'd love it and I haven't seen you it
2: you and Julio I've had long discussions with Julio about how I like it but it's not a patch on the original Walter Mitty, which is I one mean, of my favourite movies. If, of my
0: hu- if Julio likes it and kind likes it, then I'm pretty certain I'll like it. It's
2: <laughs> it's, it's 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 a good film. I, I don't mean to trash talk it. It's, it's good.
0: Unlike um,
1: unlike About Time, this is this does lean quite heavily into the schmaltzy sort of area <laughs> a little. And and I think it's got great performances. For, for me, it's maybe one of the better ones I've seen from um, Kristen Wiig. I think she's really good in it. Ben Still is yeah. great. It's, it's got both, a great cast. Both it's of
2: them um, rarely play anything completely straight. And even though this is kind of fairytale-y and a, full of whimsy, yeah. they're both playing it straight, and I think it's to the film's benefit.
1: Yeah, it's just this great story about a guy who has this wild <laughs> imagination and imagines these great and exciting things, but he lives a very boring life until he fucks up something at work and that leads him to have to make a choice to go on a journey and it becomes like this incredible journey across the world and doing wonderful things and finally perhaps can he live out that life that he's always dreamed of in his head it's, yeah, really. I, I really like it Yeah, it's a, it's a heartwarming sort of life affirming one of those sort of films that makes you want to jump on a plane and go and do stuff and, it's a gorgeous you know, looking it's a really film, film too film. because he's, it's, yeah, he's going great. through
2: so many different locales around the world and it looks fantastic All designed by Sean Penn.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, it's a great performance from Sean Penn. I think one of the things too is when I finally got around to watching it, it had been a bit of a box office dud and a bit of a swing and a miss and a lot of people didn't like it. And I remember going to see it at the cinema with my brother pretty late in its run. There was no one really there. And so I expected it to kind of suck and I got to the end of it and I went, I fucking loved that. Like, this is just really great. And I think sometimes you need that little bit of... Uh, sometimes negativity can be good. If there's negativity hanging on a film, sometimes you go you in zero expectations. Shit. Yeah, and you have a you have yeah. a great time.
2: I think yeah. yeah. I think I, I I should give it another watch because I I did enjoy it. But the whole way through, I was sort of subconsciously rankling that it was. It, 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 other than the title, it really has nothing in common with the old Danny Kaye film, which is mm. to Danny Kaye film. It's it's pure, you know almost slapstick fantasy Um, whereas this is a genuine heartwarming very little comedy in it at all really apart from Mm. when he's talking to Kristen Wiig and they have some humorous exchanges um so yeah I I think I was sort of constantly comparing the two and going well it's it's not the my favorite film of the first 12 years of my life so (laughs) therefore it's not very good okay
0: I'll check it out for sure all right, well my number 2 is where I have the other Vilner film enemy um which okay. is such a wild film. It's so yeah. it's so bizarre. It it, it almost begs to Fear be of not, Commitment be the movie. more than once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's just so much more subtle than that in some ways even though it's also quite in your face by the time it's you it's very actually get subtle to the until message. the final
2: frame yeah yeah but it's just <laughs> and then it's like in case you missed I think,
0: it <laughs> i think it's just gorgeously put together it's another one that kind of like dream scenario it's this wonderful concept about this guy who all of a sudden there's another guy that is him and he's trying to figure out you know what, what the hell is going on how is there another me what is actually happening here and by the time you actually get to the end of the movie, it almost doesn't even make sense, but it's the kind of movie where that just does not matter. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I just think it's, it's Gyllenhaal's best performance for me. I think the cinematography is stunning. It's just so bizarre. By the time you get to the giant spider, it's just, I love oh, it. Oh, spiders? <laughs> I, 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 that, that doesn't even mean, if you haven't seen the movie, you don't even know what, like, giant spider, what the, what the fuck is that? But it's just, it's so good i can't recommend yeah. it enough i i love villeneuve i think that he i'm I'm, I'm pleased Fino that you Ryan. have
2: this higher than prisoners because I, th- I think it's the superior film i think Definitely. prisoners is ve- prisoners is very solid i think yeah. this is
0: and yet i think film. this is probably less well seen and received than oh prisoners yeah because it's just weird it as it fuck so much more art house but yeah. i i love this film it was very nearly my number one um but let's see what your number one is Dave because if you think we have crossover then it's, it's got to be I can't believe one. you
2: don't know what my number one is and it makes me very nervous that it's not even on your list and that's gonna well, make me-
0: No, look I if yours is the same as mine I know what it is but I don't want to go out and say it in case it's not <laughs> it's I'm probably I don't I don't think it is I think
2: you've yeah, this just isn't uh, my number one is a film called coherence
0: no that's not my number one. oh no yeah you suck you suck. I don't think I've seen
2: Coherence. Oh, make you make you a little note. Um, yeah. Dave loves this film. We watched it this. This is one on the of my favourite films of all time. Um, it is uh, made for about fifteen hundred bucks um, by a guy called Jim Burkett, and he and a friend of his wrote it. Well, set wrote a, 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 an outline and got friends of theirs. It was filmed all, um, all in his house. And it concerns a group of friends who are getting together for sort of a dinner party sort of get together on the night that a uh, comet is passing overhead and the comet, uh, does things to the, you know, space time continuum timey wimey wibbly wobbly sort of way. And weird shit starts to happen. Um, anything beyond that is probably not worth saying because it's best to go in as cold as possible don't even watch a trailer
0: it's a very good um, movie it's very bizarre it's real, i would defi- it's it's mumblecore I, I don't know if you know mumblecore yeah. films but it's, yeah. it's
2: it's 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 largely unscripted the the actors were given just very basic okay in this scene this is generally what's happening they weren't given dialogue or anything like that and individual actors were given sort of specific instructions like oh you're not to let this other person leave the room but then that other person would on the side be told you must leave the room no matter what don't let anyone stop you (laughs) and then they the, the, the scene would progress and and the it's just a i mean i used to think el mariachi was the greatest low budget film of all time or debut this leaves it Everything else for dead. Shane Carruth's prime is a piece of shit compared to this as far as clever sci-fi goes. (laughs) Um, it's Every one of of the people involved is doing such good work given that the actors were all improvising pretty much the whole thing. They didn't know the overall story arc or anything at the outset. They would just work in segments and it was only Jim Burkett and um, his mate... I uh, can't remember his name, but he, he's in—he's in the cast playing a character called Amir. But the two of them knew what they where they wanted to get to. Yep. And they were basically like puppeteers, just going, "Okay, well, you need to do blah blah blah, and you need to do da da da," and then kind of just being being quick enough with the camera that they would be focusing on the person saying the the important dialogue, even though they didn't know what that person was going to say. It's <laughs> it, it's, it's an incredible film. Cool. Yeah,
0: certainly just, it, like, regardless of whether you like it or not, it's certainly worth watching from a filmmaking perspective, I think, <laughs> because it is really interestingly put together in that way. Yeah, um, I'd
1: watch it for the craft alone. It sounds yeah. like it's a cool experiment, yeah.
2: if nothing but it's else. But it's, it's also very clever, kind of, like, high-concept sci-fi, too. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right, well, of your number one has once again been... Uh, Spoiler, so I'm the only person left. My number one—I can't believe this isn't on either of your guys' lists. Um, Showmakers oh, who—I oh, guess. Yeah, you can guess.
2: Is it got Brie Larson?
0: No. Oh, wow, I, I thought it was going to be that too. Yeah,
2: I'm, I, and I can't believe that's not in your list as well. Fuck, I'm confused now. I've got no idea.
0: No, it's inside Lewin Davis. Oh, oh, fuck. oh
1: fuck! Of course it is.
0: I haven't seen it. Oh, a, mate! A, a rare
1: Cohen's blind spot. I am
0: a massive Cohen Brothers fan. I I don't think everything they've done is perfect by any stretch, but I think they are exceptionally good filmmakers, and this really exemplifies for me so much of what the Cohen Brothers are great at and what they love. They love American folklore. They mm. love intimate stories about you know people, um, and I just think that this is such. And you are the secret film. member
2: of Mumford and Sons.
0: <laughs> you, you know i love folk music i love it um and this is just such a great intimate small story about a folk musician it's just about you know a couple of days in his life and you it would be very easy for someone to argue that nothing really happens in this film and that it, by the end what's the point but it's just it's so beautifully made the soundtrack is gorgeous you could just sit there and listen to the soundtrack on repeat it's stunning For me, it's still my favorite Oscar Isaacs performance. Like, he's gone on to do a lot since, but I don't. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you haven't seen Moon Knight. That's
2: okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But if you're a fan of the Coen brothers at all, Carney, then you should definitely check this one out. Probably in in my top five
2: Coens, I think. Okay. I've had
1: it on Blu ray for probably nearly 10 years. Yeah, yeah I just have not watched it. For that's, me it's always that's been one not of those embarrassing. Ones where I've, I tried to give yeah.
2: Billy a TV show to watch and he had owned it for about 25 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's um I've got to be in the right mood I think to watch it. I think it's a pretty it's not flat su- mood, it's not movie. super heavy, I think. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's it's
0: not heavy and there's surprisingly more moments of levity and comedy yeah. than I think you're probably expecting. But it's okay. also it's not Flat is probably a pretty good um description card. It's, it's not yeah, a lot like of highs
2: and lows, it's yeah. sort of hovers around the middle ground, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I just okay. man, I, I, I personally love it. But yeah. What's your favourite Cohen Brothers film?
1: Uh mine is um and I, and I have to say I don't think this is their best film, but my favourite is Burn After Reading.
0: Yeah, I right. Need to watch that understanding. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very kind of I just, I I think just really love it. Their most underrated film for sure. Yeah. That is a good film. Because because it just goes
1: into silliness and it's, it's just so, idiots. Like so it's, Brad Pitt is so dumb yeah. in it. He and is probably nearly as nearly as good as he's been in his whole career. Clooney's Agreed. awesome. Yeah, uh, Malkovich is so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. I like, need to yeah. really watch that.
0: I still yeah. think you can't just go great. past Fargo, but yeah, that is that is a yes. very ah, underrated. No, film. not even
2: in my top five.
1: Oh, my favorite: Le- uh, Lebowski, okay.
2: Raising Arizona, Hud'sucker Proxy. Yeah, sorry
1: for me. Yeah, Burn After Reading. But I, I actually my favorite is True Grit. I love True Grit. Yeah. Oh,
2: little, oh yeah. speaking of
1: good child performances, little Haley. Oh yeah, that that's that. Yeah, that's one of the best. Was she yeah. nominated for an Oscar for that? I think yeah. she may. I think, I think she think? was. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well deserved. All right.
0: Well, that wraps us up at the end of this almost two-hour recording. This is easily the yeah, longest nearly. record we've ever done on this show. But thank you <laughs> for being so generous with your time, Connie We really appreciate it. Can you tell everybody about the multiple shows you do and where they can find you? Everybody should already know, but give everyone the word anyway.
1: Will do. Yeah. So I, um, you can find me on social media at Carney from Fifty Five, and I, I host, I co-host a uh, horror movie podcast called Scaredy Boys, which is about three cowards who are terrified of horror, <laughs> forcing themselves to watch horror movies, and then we ask three questions: Were we scared? Did the characters act wisely? And how would we react if we were in the film itself? That's awesome. And, um, I think we've, we're getting close to two hundred eps yeah. now. I think so. <laughs> That's close to 200 horror movies which is <laughs> well, and, about 200 and, more than I had watched in my life and, and it's, and the muppets. it's been a journey oh yeah there's been a few little treats <laughs> sprinkled in like the muppets and paddington because you know sometimes you just got to give yourself a reward for sitting through some of the yeah. some of the absolute horrors yeah <laughs> uh, and I do an- I do uh, one that's uh, behind a paywall it's called eye cramps it's about movies we put Often put six movies on a wheel, spin it, and that's how we decide what we're going to watch. And um, I do another one called How Good's Footy. If you're an AFL fan, um, it is fucking insane. And just three maniacs talking biased shit about the teams they barrack for.
0: <laughs> you're an absolute legend. I highly recommend everyone go check out, not just you, but I mean, all the shows on Sands are fantastic. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. And next week, Dave, are we going to get? Are we going to do some beekeeping? What What are we going to get to next week?
2: I do want. I do want to see beekeeper. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably it's all the good shit's in February. There's fuck all decent stuff in January. Beekeeper's probably. But let's try to get drop. to
0: the Iron Claw. Actually, let's let's do some wrestling because I've heard Back nothing wrestling. but good things about it. I saw a trailer yesterday when I saw Mean Girls, which was awful. And I got to say, Zac Efron looks amazing in White in The Iron Crew.
2: <laughs> what is it? I, I, all I heard was I, wrestling. I, I know, when someone I know said, nothing and I just, other than it's about, it's about a wrestling
0: family. It's about it's about a wrestling family. It looks like it's more of a drama than a wrestling film. But I'm, I'm I did keen. like
2: fighting with my family, and and yeah. I did watch a few episodes of Heels. So all right, I'll give it. go. let right,
0: down. let's let's aim for that. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatch thing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X all under the handle at we watch the thing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash thing. Get early access to episodes and hear our bonus series where we're going through perfect albums. And we'll catch you next week. Go watch Coherence.